0: Nearly 40% of the population worldwide and more than 50 million Americans report suffering from seasonal allergies each year, and many more suffer in silence. Do you know what the seven most common hay fever triggers are? How about the four most allergenic tree pollens? Welcome to episode three of Ask Dr. Emily, a weekly podcast where we explore the what, the why, and the how of various health issues from a holistic perspective. What is it? Why does it happen? And how do we treat it naturally? Each episode will explore a different aspect of a specific health issue to empower you with knowledge and inspire you towards achieving outstanding health naturally. In this episode, the second in a five-part series on seasonal allergies, we explore the most common triggers of seasonal allergies and when they tend to occur so that you can get a better idea of what is setting yours off. In the next episode, we will cover the root causes of allergies so you can start to understand and then work on fixing your hay fever once and for all. The fourth episode in this series on seasonal allergies is on the best test to run to figure out what's really going on behind the scenes to cause your allergies. And then in the final episode in this series, we talk about the most effective natural remedies for the symptoms and the root causes of seasonal allergies. So let's get started with today's topic. What are the most common triggers of hay fever and when are they most prevalent? Hay fever is most often triggered by seven things. Pollen from trees, grasses, and weeds, and from pet dander, dust mites, wood smoke, and mold spores. Are you struggling to identify your allergy triggers? A frustrating thing about allergies of all kinds is that it's often hard to tell what exactly the triggers are. And this goes for seasonal allergies too. This is because of a number of factors. We've got pollen seasons of various plants overlapping, and there's also the widespread prevalence of other triggers like the pets and the mold. And then there's a thing called cross reactivity. And cross-reactivity occurs when your body's immune system identifies components, usually protein molecules, in different substances as being structurally similar or biologically related. And this similarity triggers the immune system to go on alert and stimulate a response to seemingly unrelated items. So many people who react to certain allergens will experience allergy symptoms when exposed to other allergens too, such as other types of pollen or pets or mold or even certain foods. And this tends to get worse over time as the immune system gets more and more reactive. So you might find yourself getting more sensitive to more things over the years. It's so frustrating, right? Another thing that happens with cross-reactivity is that because of its tendency to increase the immune response to a variety of compounds, this can spill over into an increase in food reactivity. So you might notice, for instance, that in the springtime, when you're suffering from a pollen allergy, you are also more sensitive to certain foods like dairy, wheat, or corn. Or when you visit a friend who has pets, you react to more foods during, and after the visit. Those foods you're reacting to then become additional triggers of seasonal allergy symptoms and make your reactions to pollen, dander, and mold, etc. worse. Hello, nasty, vicious cycle. I'll talk in later episodes about the root causes of seasonal allergies, how to test for them, and how to treat the symptoms and the root causes naturally. But for now, let's dive into the most common and most allergenic types of hay fever triggers and when they tend to occur, because knowing what's going on is empowering. If you start to sniffle and sneeze in the winter or early spring, it is likely that trees are what's getting you since other types of plants don't start pollinating until later in the spring. Tree pollens are dry and lightweight, and so they can travel great distances in the wind, affecting people many miles away. So just know that if you are suffering from tree pollen allergies, the culprit might not be in your immediate environment. Although if there are allergenic trees near where you tend to spend time, you'll be more likely to react. The four most allergenic tree pollens are oak, juniper, mulberry, and palm. So let's look at each of those in a bit more detail. Oak trees are found throughout the Americas and in Europe, Asia, the West Indies, and parts of Africa. They pollinate in springtime, and the pollen is moderately to severely allergenic. Positive skin prick tests from oak pollen have been reported in 29% of those tested, making it one of the leading causes of allergies worldwide. Juniper pollen is a very sticky pollen with a barbed molecular structure, and it is also very large and very buoyant, traveling on the wind for many miles around. And these factors all make it very allergenic. In fact, it is the most allergenic tree pollen there is. And especially for those of us living in the southwestern United States, juniper, also known as cedar or mountain cedar, is the worst trigger for allergy sufferers. It is unique in that it can trigger symptoms in people who have no other allergic tendencies. Juniper produces copious amounts of pollen for most of the year only taking a break during the late spring and the summer. And with global climate change, their pollen production and length of pollination season is increasing as these trees attempt to adapt to and survive climate fluctuations. Yeesh! The next one is mulberry. And mulberry originates from Asia, but can now be found throughout much of the world, especially in Europe and North America. Mulberry tree pollen is very allergenic, almost as much as juniper, so much so that it has been banned in many municipalities in an effort to try to protect people. Mulberries pollinate in both the winter and the spring. And finally, we've got palm. And uh, palm is a tropical species of tree that grows outdoors in hot climates and Palms are found throughout the tropical and subtropical regions of the world. Outdoor palms may pollinate any time between the months of January and June, depending on what area they're located in. Tricky thing about palms is they're also grown as houseplants. And in the indoor environment, they can bloom any time of year, although they do still tend mostly to pollinate from January to June. Something to note about palms, it's the male palm plant that produces the most allergenic and the most uh, large amount, largest amount of pollen. So try to avoid having the male palm plant in or near your house if you're sensitive. Now, palm trees are actually a relative of grasses. So many people who are sensitive to grass pollen will find themselves reacting to palms as well. So if you're one of those who's sensitive to grasses, probably don't want to have palm trees as a house plant. And not near your house either on the outside, if you can avoid it. Now there's other types of trees that are allergenic as well, not quite as allergenic as those top four, but they can still cause allergies in many people. And those include alder, ash, beech, birch, box elder, cottonwood, elm, hickory, pecan, maple, sycamore, walnut. And willow. The timing of pollination on these can vary quite a bit by variety and location. So check your local local pollen reports um, when you start having allergies to try to pinpoint which plants are your foes. And that's something you can do with any type of pollen allergy. As soon as you start noticing symptoms, check the local pollen report, and that'll help you kind of narrow things down. Grass pollen is another common allergen, and it is most often pollinating in the late spring and also throughout the summer. Now there are thousands of species of grass, but only a handful cause serious allergy symptoms. And those are Bermuda, Johnson, Kentucky bluegrass, orchard, rye, sweet vernal, and Timothy. So if you're allergic to grasses, obviously you wanna try to avoid having those near your house. Next up is weeds, and weed pollens are incredibly prolific. A single ragweed plant can produce up to a billion pollen grains in one growing season. And grass pollens tend to peak in the autumn. So if you notice your worst allergy symptoms happening in the fall, then grasses are a likely culprit. Wind-carried weed pollen grains can travel for hundreds of miles. So again, it's not necessarily in your immediate environment that you'll find the the troublemakers. Uh, So if you're having allergies and you check your local pollen count and it doesn't really show anything, you might want to look at a broader area around you, you know, about bigger radius. The, The weeds that are responsible for most allergies are English plantain, lamb's quarter, ragweed, red root pigweed, sagebrush, and tumbleweed, also known as Russian thistle. Which, by the way, is an invasive non-native species in most areas. So, feel free to get rid of it. (laughs) Uh, Next up is wood smoke, and smoke from wood stoves and fireplaces is another very common trigger, and also an aggravant of seasonal allergies. So, you know, for a lot of people, it may not be the primary trigger, but it can very often aggravate already existing seasonal allergies because of the particulates in the air and These are most common in winter, obviously, because that's when we typically are going to have a wood stove going or the fireplace going. And um, finally, there's mold spores. Spores from indoor and outdoor fungi and molds are a surprisingly common problem, and they can affect people anytime, anywhere, and they can be seasonal or perennial. Now, mold is a huge topic all on its own, and it is a large and growing cause of many health problems, including but uh, not entirely, uh, including but not uh, only allergies. So there's going to be more on this topic in future episodes, so stay tuned on that. Now, finally, dust mites and pet dander can affect people year-round, but symptoms often worsen in winter when houses are closed up. So that can be a a culprit if your allergies are worse in the winter. So now that you know what the most common triggers of allergies are and when they tend to flare, in the next episode of Ask Dr. Emily, I will talk about the underlying root causes of seasonal allergies that, when effectively addressed, can lead to true and lasting relief.